0: horses are at the gate and they're off. Welcome to Winning Ponies. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy.
1: All right, well thanks so much for joining us for another edition uh it's going to be an amazing uh weekend of racing uh starting tomorrow with some win and your in races. Uh there's only five weeks to go before the Breeders' Cup Championships, and this is the busiest weekend of the North American season for the win and you're in races. 11 qualifiers on the calendar now most of those are going to be at keeneland and that's we're going to be focusing tonight but there are several at uh, at belmont park too and uh it is going to be just amazing some super huge fields especially in the baby races highly one of the most competitive races i've seen all year the first Lady stake at keeneland uh, this will be a win you're in for the Breeders' Cup, Philly, and Mare. The favorite in here, Altequa, is 7-2. to two. So what does that say about this field if the favorite right now would pay $9? <laughs> Pretty impressive. Uh, but we will get to these races. And who are the people that are going to help us find out what's going on at Keeneland? Well top of the show we're going to bring in amy owens amy kind of makes an annual visit with us this time of year and lets us know what's coming up uh, keeneland you know and they just keep coming up with new ideas and doing new things uh hard to believe i always said keeneland could hit you in the frying pan when you walk in the gate and you'd come back the next day for the races again uh but they don't They don't just uh, take the race meat for what it is. Uh, They continue to find innovative ways. Uh, The one thing I really want to ask Amy about, this was a great concept. It's called the new, the Keeneland Turf Pick 3. Now, this is going to be the last three turf races, not necessarily the last three races of the day. It could be the third, the sixth, and the ninth. Uh, But whatever the last three turf races are, that day at Keeneland will become a pick three, and uh, the minimum wager is only $3, just like uh, the same rules as a traditional pick three. Uh, and thank you, thank you, thank you, Keeneland, unlike what happened about five years ago, the takeout's going down to 50 50- which is the same as the low takeout as Keeneland's popular pick five. But Amy's going to catch us up. If you want to know, John, what can I do? Can I jump in my car and go down there and walk in? Nah, baby, nah. you got to buy your tickets online. We will find all that out. Big party, big party on Saturday. Uh, because I believe it's going to be uh, LSU that's going to be in town to face the Kentucky Wildcats who are playing real good in the football field. So uh – Amy is going to let us know what's going there. And then one of my favorite guests, especially when we get down to Kentucky, I like to bring him in. Uh, None other than Byron King, the associate editor of the the Blood Horse. And he's going to take us through the actual handicapping of the Friday and Saturday races. Uh, There are still uh, graded stakes races winning your in on Sunday. Truly an amazing, amazing uh, card and program. And again, with this many horses, particularly like in the Breeders Futurity and the Alcibiades, full fields with two-year-olds you're going to need all the help you can get. And I say, you go over to winningponies.com and you pull down our Easy Win forms. We killed them last weekend. Uh, everywhere from Golden Gate to Belmont. Uh, all of these uh, races were on Saturday at Golden Gate, a $1 Super 5 Paid 3337 <clears throat> And then north of the border, Woodbine, uh, we had just a $0.20 cent pick five that paid 3100 And at Belmont, on the same day, a $0.50 cent pick four that paid just under $2,000. Missed it by $9. So come on over to Winning Ponies. Check out the Easy Win forms. And don't forget, these results I just read. Our picks and results are up on the site, so you can see just how well we're doing. So I'm looking forward to getting with uh, both Amy and Byron. Uh, if I get a chance, I'm going to go down through um, the uh, with the winning your in races uh, for the entire weekend. Uh, you probably know who some of them are, but uh, the one that a lot of eyes are going to be on Sunday is going to be the Grade One Spinster at Keeneland. Uh, None other than potential horse of the year Latruska will be going to post in the 2021 grade one spinster. She's five for six this year. It'd be a thrill just to see her going. And by the way, for those of you hoping to bet those Keeneland turf pick threes. The weather is supposed to be gorgeous. We're talking about maybe mid-70s, no rain, sunshine, maybe a few dotted clouds. It's going to be fantastic. So get tied on, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be one heck of a weekend from coast to coast. Something always breaks on Thursday just before the show. Just got this. Out of Spencer Farm, and it's not good news. Stallion Lord Nelson has been euthanized with laminitis. Um, he uh, was a three time grade one winning son of Pulpit. Uh, his babies are just starting to run this year. I know he's already had three winners. Uh, but he was euthanized today after a long battle of laminitis. It's been pretty well uh, documented uh, throughout his career. They something that they've had to, to watch, but it just got worse uh, after uh, looking at him. And they, they just said, you know, uh, he, it's not fair to him to see if he can get better after this one. Each one gets worse. So after his long fight with the disease, they decided to, uh, shall we say, put him out of his mi- uh, misery. Now, you may recall Lord Nelson. He was a Spenthrift runner. Oh, man, he was a top sprinter. I was dying to see his babies. He captured three consecutive, really top-level races for Spendthrift back in 2016, the Grade 1 Triple Bend, the Grade 1 Bing Crosby, And the grade one Santa Anita Sprint Championship. So, hope he had a lot of babies in those next couple crops coming up. He will be missed. Well, here's a guy whose father I knew, R.L. Baird, Raymond Lee Baird. And it's E.T. Baird. Well, with Arlington closing its doors, it's going to be interesting to see where that jockey colony ends up. And it looks like E.T.'s not quite sure, but... He's going to go wherever a live horse is. And Larry Ravelli is putting him up on there. Uh, It went to starting it out at Finger Lakes. uh, A stakes race for New York breads. Adios Asher got the job done. Then time to hop onto a jet and go out to Santa Anita's opening day last Friday. It was a speakeasy stakes which is a win in your end. So we may see E.T. Baird. I would say we're going to see E.T. Baird uh, riding in the Breeders' Cup. It's a challenge race, a qualifier uh, for the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf Sprint. And uh, one-timer and Baird came into the race unbeaten in two previous starts. And now they are three for three. So uh, Eddie Baird, a multiple graded winning jockey, of course, like his father, stationed in Chicago, been a mainstay at Arlington and Hawthorne. And uh, he just ran second in the Arlington Park uh, meet with 55 wins and more than a million dollars in purses. Good luck to you, E.T. I love your daddy, Robert Lee Baird. Man, he could ride a fast horse. The fastest I remember was Raymond Earl. If we have time some night, I'll tell you the story about me, E.T., and Raymond Lee. All right. We want to thank uh, uh, all of you for tuning in uh, last week. Ralph Sirocco was our guest. He was helping us out with the West Coast races. And, folks, he's for real. Ain't the best-looking horse I ever saw, but somehow he guts it out. His name, Medina Spirit, ran away with the Awesome Again. Now, the Awesome Again, remember, is for three and up. So, the current Derby winner, Kentucky Derby, um, until we hear different, uh, just uh, put in another game, uh, front-running effort, uh, I don't care what he looks like. He sure looked like a winner. Uh, it was just, uh, just, amazing, uh, went out there and just gutted it out. Uh, you know, again, on the front end, that's where he's best. Johnny V came in, uh, to ride the horse. So I guess he's going to go to the Breeders' Cup Classic and meet a couple other horses that will be, uh, running on the front end. Uh, We did see Art Collector was very impressive uh, winning uh, over the weekend. Uh, Then you got Hot Rod Charlie, uh, Nick's Go. It's going to be awful interesting as we get up to the Classic because the three-year-olds, they are legit. Um, So Stiletto Boy ran second in that race, and Express Train was third. Now, this could go down as race of the year. Dr. Schievel won the sprint championship, but how he won it was amazing. Flavia and Pratt give this guy a trophy. Shortly after they broke from the gate and broke well, the rain broke. He did not have a right rain. So for almost the entire six furlongs in the Santa Anita Sprint, He had to keep him guided. Luckily, he had the rail. And so he was able to kind of keep him focused on staying on the rail. And luckily, he had a whip in his other hand. So as the horse kind of faded off the rail a little bit, he was able to tap him on the shoulder to get it back in. And uh, Dr. Scheibel uh, got the job done. He's a son of violence. Uh, the the rain just came right out. Actually, it it came out so the the leather didn't break, but it came out of what they call its keeper. Uh, and, uh, I don't know if he just took a little stutter step and that's where it popped off. But Flavian Pratt, what a great, great job you did making sure nobody else got in trouble and better yet, you guys are going to the Breeders' Cup Sprint. Just fantastic ride. And here's another fantastic horse. Echo Zulu she dominated the fillies in the Frizette, and she is now undefeated the gunrunner filly collected her second straight grade one and breeders cup berth. so Echo Zulu looks like uh, she's going to be the favorite in her division when they go to post in the Breeders' Cup. Well, again, uh, you know, I talked about so many of the races at Keeneland. Let's not forget what's going to go on uh, at at Belmont over the weekend. You've got the uh, Grade 1 Joe Hirsch Classic. That's a mile and a half uh, on the turf. Then you've got the uh, Grade 2 Vosburg. This is a qualifier for the Breeders' Cup Sprint. And uh, the, uh, the Matron at six furlongs, that's a grade three. And I don't want to leave anybody else. I think that pretty much covers the ground out at Belmont. And again, races, graded races and winning your in races uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at Keeneland. Um, oops, I did uh, skip over a couple. We had the, the grade one Beldame's. Yeah, in, in New York We don't want to miss that And the Futurity That's a grade 2 and that's a qualifier For the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Sprint And also they have the Grade 3 Knickerbocker So got them all in folks Don't forget those easy win forms Because you got a lot of races to handicap Over the weekend Alright that's as much as I could fit Into the first segment Going to take a quick break And we come back one of my favorite favorite PR people in the world none other than Amy Owens from beautiful Keeneland Racecourse
2: Streaming live the leader in internet talk radio VoiceAmerica.com What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of the Easy Win form, the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let WinningPonies.com make some money for you.
0: BUSR brings you the best options for Triple Crown season, and now is the time to get in on the action. Bet on the Kentucky Derby with BUSR. Enjoy daily rebates and cash bonuses, including up to a $500 welcome bonus for winning Ponies listeners. Enter promo code PONIES, P-O-N-I-E-S, when you sign up at BUSR.com backslash ponies. Again, that's promo code PONIES, P-O-N-I-E-S, at BUSR.com. I'm backslash ponies bet with confidence bet with BUSR you're tuned in to winning ponies with your host John Inglehart, racing's regular guy the phone lines are open and are toll free 1-866-472-5788 or send us an email at show at winningponies.com John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show, Winning Ponies with John Inglehart.
1: All right, and with me now, one of my favorite people in the world We go back a long, long way uh, (laughs) to her her fledgling days. I'm trying to look up a race here where I first kind of got to know you. It was the Ohio Derby. Yeah. Yes, L-M-N-O. I'll try to figure out which one it was. Anyhow, how are you doing? I'm well. Good to talk to you. Well, it's always good to talk to you. All right, I'm going to go back. And try to figure out where we were back in uh, 1987. It was Lost Code, and you and I went out partying with Jean Saint Leon after the race. Do you vaguely recall that?
3: Oh yes, the Winking Lizard. How could I forget?
1: <laughs> <laughs> there you go there you go uh that was the first time i really got to know you didn't spend any time uh you might have just been a fledgling writer back then and working your way up oh uh, yeah yeah well you sure certainly worked your way up to one of my favorite magazines is the editor of the thoroughbred times as a matter of fact i was wearing my thoroughbred times vest earlier today how's that for a collector's item huh
3: there so. you go yeah i was managing editor of the Red wow. Times, and still run into a lot of the people I worked with. I mean, they're still in the industry and still covering, covering the sport. So.
1: Oh Well, it's fantastic. When you go back and look at the people that graduated through that publication, it's a who's who of current sports journalists, quite frankly. So you had a good group. You just had strange ownership. But, hey, that's a story for another time. I'm <laughs> not kidding. The story right now is uh you know, keeneland is gonna be opening and as anybody knows me, uh says if racing was a religion, keeneland would be the Vatican. And so uh you are the high priestess at this point in time, disseminating information. I don't know how you do it. When you come out with your daily notes column, I mean do you get up at like four in the morning and walk eight miles on the back stretch? How the hell do you do it, Amy? No, it's a team effort. We
3: have a group of reporters uh, led by Gary Yant, who is a very well-known and well-respected racing journalist, and he knows everybody. He follows the horses. He's head of the Derby Notes team and the Breeders' Cup Notes team, so he um, he helps us stay in touch with everything that's going on. We have a a true
1: team effort. Well, you, you guys, you, you do a sensational job, and I know at the end of the day, you perhaps edit it all together. We're not going to get all the way into uh, all of your uh, your job duties, but what we are going to get into is some things that are going to happen at the Keeneland Fall Meet. It was just broke my heart to look out there during the pandemic meet and see just a peppering of people all of them that had to be associated with a horse in order to get into the track but you're still tapping the brakes on attendance so i know every year i mean i might run into somebody tomorrow going hey i'm thinking about going down to keeneland i'm gonna have to tell them "Eh, take a time out until you do this how does one get into keeneland this year amy most importantly well the best thing to do
3: is visit tickets.com Keeneland.com and you, uh, we, pu- we ask everyone to pre-purchase tickets and uh, that will help us uh, really judge the number of people who will be at the track and ensure a, a terrific experience for everybody. But uh, you really need to pre-purchase tickets. We are sold out for Friday and Saturday. The good thing is um, there's a 48-hour uh, return available on general admission, reserve seat, and dining tickets. So if you go back to that website, dot regularly. Uh, inventory will be uh, updated and made available as people perhaps uh, release their tickets. That will give the opportunity to go to somebody else. But there are plenty of opportunities for the rest of the meet. opens tomorrow and uh, runs through Saturday, October 30th.
1: Well, as you know, everybody that has a Bentley or a pickup truck has a UK sticker in the back of their vehicle. So uh, (laughs) the University of Kentucky is big in the eyes. This is going to be an overflow. Now, let's just say I was a huge Kentucky fan and I realized, gee, I listened to Amy and John and I was hoping I could just walk in. I can't. Can I still go up and party at that big tent area you have on the hill? For
3: sure. There is no admission to the hill. It's our tailgating area uh, accessible from gate one, which is Bantlemore Boulevard. And on Friday and Saturdays, there is wagering, uh, live music, food tents, you know, a whole party going on. So that's definitely a place to be if if uh, you're unable to get in to the grandstand
1: and most importantly you have betting windows up there
3: yes absolutely thank you
1: <laughs> didn't want to leave out that out and, and plenty of tvs and a whole lot of liquor i can't imagine what it's going to look like when they finally make it down to the stadium for that football game and there might be some people sleeping through it but either way they're going to have a good time when they get there so we're looking at 22 stakes on your fall schedule and that's kind of short in a what about a three week period of time but uh you know your your stakes purses are projected at at six million and you know it's funny a a couple of years ago when some different people were in charge down there uh, they had the bright idea to raise the takeout which as you saw went over like a fart in church and uh, Mm -hmm. now you guys are kind of taking the opposite and uh i explained at the top of the show what a unique, and I think other, other tracks are going to copy you on this one, the all-turf pick three, and they, they're they not necessarily the last three races of the day, back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. They could be anywhere on the card, but the last three turf races will become a pick three with only a 15% takeout. Correct, Amundo?
3: Yes, the minimum wager is $3, so... That should be a fun wager to really test your uh, handicapping ability and just uh, give it a go. Well,
1: uh, you know, I mean, you know, people love turf racing so much. The, the starting gates are almost always, you know, packed to, to every gate you can have. Uh, people are, are, are going to love it now. One thing, and this is progressive and the the time is now, that um, I will be able uh, to, uh, you know, we can watch what's going on at Keeneland um, uh, on different outlets, both on television and camera through keeneland.com and drf.com. But now we are going to get to watch races named Keeneland Hoy, Breeders' Cup and the Vivo what am I doing talking in Spanish? Well, you're going to be talking to Spanish to all those people that are comfortable with that language and listening to racing, and as we all know, it's a huge population.
3: Absolutely. I mean, uh, tremendous uh, racing fans, and we are uh, enhancing our initiatives to reach out to the Spanish-speaking audience and We'll have uh, e- extensive coverage uh, this weekend from uh, Breeders' Cup in Vivo and DRF in Espanol. So that's very exciting. Um, one of the uh, the most amazing horses running this weekend is Latruska, yes. who really has dominated her division all year and she began her career in mexico so um she uh, i'm sure has a huge following uh, among the spanish-speaking racing bands.
1: well of course you're going to give them betting opportunities uh they will abound just so people know uh, the first race during the fall meet uh, this is your 85th year. Hope you got some groovy hats. Well, it will be one o'clock in the afternoon. Yes. Uh, but you've also, and people just got to go to your site. They'll find out that there's uh, uh Keeneland Select Handicapping Challenge. There's a super high five every race day. Uh, and then you're going to have special guaranteed pick four, five, and six opportunities on select days throughout the meet.
3: Exactly, and uh, this weekend we'll have a Breeders' Cup Challenge Series Pick 6 featuring races from Keeneland and Belmont uh, Saturday and Sunday. So there's all kinds of wagering
1: action. Now now, now let's say uh, for some unforsaken reason I can't make it down there. Uh, but I, I kind of want to dope out the day's cards and uh, go to my local track and lay some bets on Keeneland. Now, you, you're going to have uh, different on-air experts and uh, exposure pre-race so people can kind of get a feel for every day's card. Am I correct?
3: Yeah, I mean, the best, uh, the two best ways to follow racing at Keeneland are, Of course, the website, Keeneland.com, and the Keeneland Race Day app uh, that will keep you up to date with all the action. Plus, you can uh, wager through Keeneland Select, which is our ADW, and help support uh, the racing industry. So... There's really no reason not to know what's going on at Keeneland.
1: No, no, there isn't. But there will be uh, also there'll be on air presence. <clears throat> I, I do believe that uh, TVG uh, once again will be doing extensive uh, coverage uh, from uh, Keeneland themselves with, uh, you know, guys working the desk and handicappers out in the paddock in the winter circle.
3: You bet. Yeah, that is correct. So we're excited uh, about that uh, great partnership with TVG.
1: Well, uh, Amy, it's going to be something else. You know, I started looking at the past performances, and uh, this is almost like a mini Breeders' Cup. I mean, of course, you're having so many races where the winners of these races we will get to see in five weeks uh, in in the Breeders' Cup, but it's just yeah. sensational because I mean you've drawn uh, trainers from Europe. Of course, you got your your New York trainers coming in, uh, one or two coming in from the West Coast, and of course all your hometown boys. Uh, you know, like uh, you know, Kenny McPeak, who's a UK graduate, I'll have you know, and uh, uh-huh. you know, Mike 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 Maker that had a standout uh, season at Saratoga and hopes to can continue that there. And let's not forget the uh, uh, world's leading trainer, Steve Asmussen, will be dominant at the meet. Those I'm just name dropping a few trainers. I'd start on the jockeys, but this show's only an hour long. You have the who's who of the North American riding colony and even bringing in some guys from Europe to ride. It's going to be fantastic.
3: Yeah, it's always uh, fun to watch racing in Keelum because it's best of best and uh, we have the most loyal and enthusiastic and knowledgeable fans and they truly appreciate the
1: the show we're
3: able to put on
1: well they do and you, you you know one thing that really exemplifies that amy and it god it started years ago when i started going there when i was in college um is it's just so classy and it really doesn't matter the level of the race that the crowd there enjoys racing and the participants so much that they applaud the winner of every single race as they return. I mean, I just yeah. think that's a that's a beautiful thing.
3: Yeah, and the, the jockeys uh definitely have taken note of that kind of enthusiasm and and they feed off of that. So and they it's a do. a need the
0: experience
1: it, it, it is, and you know it's funny you said that because I've noticed over the years that the jocks know what's going on and they know they're gonna get it. So they always make sure their horse gallops out a little bit further than the other horses. <laughs> you, know, you know, unless it's a photo, so they could be the last horse coming back with the outrider, and it's just fantastic because they acknowledge the crowd. I mean, all the way up by the racing office, right down to the winter circle there's this wave of enthusiasm following the winner and again uh, I don't care if it's a cheap hundred thousand dollar race or a half a million dollar race um you know the, the fans there just love the game so much and, and it's shown in return by the enthusiasm of of the jockeys and the trainers it's it's such a beautiful place to be and oh uh, I Now, all I can say is I hype it as much as I can every year. By the way, folks, I am not paid by Keeneland to do this every year. Um, I fell in love with the place many, many years ago, and I love it to this day. And Amy, uh, you and Amy Gregory and your whole team, uh, you do an outstanding job. And we and the the media can't thank you enough for uh, the the quality and timely information that you put out.
3: Well, thank you, John. And I would... Like to invite all your listeners to come visit Keeneland any time of year. The grounds are always open and we offer a variety of uh, official tours so you can really see behind the scenes uh, all the operations and all the work that goes behind uh, racing and our sales. So, we are uh, uh, the world's largest thoroughbred auction company, so that's a side of the industry that um, some people aren't familiar with and, and
1: it's a it's a blast um, to go to. It's a it's a who's who. You just look around, you see every major trainer and owner there. My producers telling me as much as you love her, John, you got to let Amy go. So Amy, next <laughs> time I see you, I hope I'll see your smiling face in person down at the track. I look forward to it, John. All right, that was Amy Owens. We're going to take a uh, quick break and we come back the King of Louisville, the King of the Cappers, none other than the blood horses Byron King
2: The internet's number 1 talk station. Number 1 talk station. Voiceamerica.com And they're off. What
0: Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. All right. And with me
1: right now, one of my favorite guests, but what's great about Byron King is just about any time I call him, and it's usually uh, Kentucky centric, the races, uh, he's always willing to call back. A lot of guys, you know, come up with excuses. It's, you know, the day they got to match their socks in the sock drawer or uh, their favorite TV shows on or something, but not Byron King. He drops what he's doing. He's easy to spot, at least in the old days in the press box. Things will be limited now, but you'd see a crowd of people somewhere in the middle, and I'd make my way through to see what was going on, and there they were, all huddled over the shoulder of one sports writer, and it was none other than Byron King with the other writers trying to glean information from him as he typed away on his computer and he treated them all gracefully even though he he was working very hard to get his job done and we'll continue to do so and that'll start tomorrow at Keeneland. Byron, are you pumped up or what? All right, back here with us for the Keeneland Show, the Breeders' Cup Preps. They are going to be abound from Friday through Sunday. Just amazing races. But what's great is there's going to be one amazing guy joining us right now. Uh folks, when the old days before COVID, when you didn't have to worry about how close you got to people, I'd walk into the press box and there'd be some hubbub in the middle of the room and I could never figure it out. Maybe somebody was choking on something or whatever. Everybody was huddled around. And then when I got there, I'd look and they were all looking over the shoulder and asking questions of one turf rider. And that turf rider turns out to be the man we have right now the one that others search information from and respect his written word when it's finally done, none other than the blood horses Byron King. Byron, thank you so much for joining us again.
4: Thank you for that introduction. Uh, John, I, I, I wish that everybody saw the world the way that you did my, my friend uh, but thats, a, that's a, I was crying listening to you uh, describe that.
1: Well, you know, it just it comes from the heart. Comes from the heart. I, you know, until the, this COVID's behind us, uh, they won't be huddled around you as they have in the past. But they're probably firing oh, you're you. Not huddled around me. <laughs> I,
4: I, clearly, there's a lot of people that can huddle around up there. That's for sure. So, but uh, thank you for the kind words, pal.
1: Well, it's true. You're well respected. Uh, You've been at the top of your game at at everything you do, whether you were uh, an on air uh, paddock host uh, for Sam Houston, you're a graduate of the famed Arizona racetrack industry program. I think you're a few years younger than Bob Baffert, so you probably didn't come out of his class. But nonetheless, the school's produced many, many great people that have been on this show. And, uh, so, anyhow, uh, Byron, what, what uh, as you enter these three days of racing, um, it, it, there can't just be one thing that catches your eye, because it's such a cornucopia of great talent that we're going to see running on that Keeneland Oval and the Keeneland Turf Course. Yes, absolutely. it's fact,
4: I mean, there are 11 Breeders' Cup winning your end preps across uh, the the world on uh, this upcoming uh, few days, Friday through Sunday, and of those eleven, nine are at Keeneland, two are at Belmont Park. I mean, uh, Keeneland has ten graded races over this stretch, uh, and nine of them are uh, are winning your end. So, I mean, you want to see some Breeders Cup horses, you're going to see uh, you're going to see them there at Keeneland. So. Uh, it's, uh, it's uh, some definitely good racing, everything from two-year-olds, which, of course, we get to see on opening day with the Alcibiades, and then on Saturday with the Breeders Futurity. Then you've got sprinters going in the Phoenix on opening day, and then on Saturday you've got turf horses running in the Keeneland Turf Mile and the First Lady and
1: uh, the Woodford.
4: I mean, it's that.
1: It's it, it, it's it's gonna it's going to be fantastic, just as the racing was this past weekend. Well, while I've got you, before we get into handicapping oh. some of these races at, at, at Keeneland, um, well, what did you think about uh, Medina Spirit's uh, a- effort out there in the Awesome Again? Oh, he was outstanding.
4: You know, he was outstanding. I think he was. Uh, you know, um, man, the the horse that we remembered from you know, the Kentucky Derby, I mean, he was, he's very gritty when he's on the lead. I think they have clearly figured out that he runs his best races that way. They tried rating him a couple times when he ran against Life is Good, who of course is so speedy, um, you know, back in the, the spring. But since then, you know, Johnny V has pretty much tried to just put him on the lead and stay there. And that style has worked pretty well, obviously he faded to third in the pre mistakes and the Derby, we still don't know what's going to happen. More than likely, he's going to be disqualified, you know, when they finally finalize the testing and the, the hearing. But putting all that stuff aside, I mean, he is a, a very good and talented horse. Uh, now, can he get that kind of trip in a race that has Nick Sko in it? I don't think he's faster than Nick Sko to the lead. So we, if he is to win the Classic, he'll probably have to do it in a, in a different style.
1: I mean, you just think about it. Don't forget, it looks like Art Collector is going to be up there with them, and Essential Quality's never uh, uh, too far behind your, your your tail as they head for home. It, it, it's amazing how deep this three-year-old group is this year.
4: Yeah, I mean, I guess you got, you know, clearly Essential Quality. I think is at the head of the class based on his. You know accomplishments over the year. Only his his only loss being, you know, the Kentucky Derby when he was off slow and wide and he ran what fourth, beating the length. I mean, hardly a poor effort. Um, I think, you know, if you ask me the the best three year olds out there, I'd say that it's him. You know, it's Hot Rod Charlie and it's Medina Spirit. Um, those three are the 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 main three year olds that I would say are the the cream right now. But I think if anybody is to become the three year old champion other than essential quality, they're going to probably have to win the classic. Uh, You know, Medina Spirit would have a hard time, I think, winning over voters in any other capacity. And and Hot Rod Charlie, after getting CQ'd from the Haskell for interference and things, he would need another another great one kind of. And it would be really interesting to see what voters do if Medina spirit wins the classic, you know? I mean, it's just... Right, um, right. I'm sure there's a portion that wouldn't want to vote for him in light of the, you know, the positive drug test from the Derby. I,
1: I, you know, and one thing we have to point out to people when they hear those words come out of your mouth is that all these positive drugs that had been found were therapeutic drugs. They were not performance-enhancing. again there's no excuse for the overage but let's put that in perspective there was nothing giving given to that horse that would make him go any faster
4: but however here's the thing though and and this is the part that i believe in and you know of course baffert's lawyer is trying to argue that it's because of the ointment that he was given and he got it from the ointment, not from an injection, which is the typical way that someone is a horse is treated with fadimethasone. But the point is, it's just like a three-point shot in basketball. If you step over the line, it's not a three-point shot anymore. You know, it's a two-point shot, and that's the way it has to be called. And, you know, he tested over the limit for this drug. You cannot have it in your system on race day. You're right that it can be used before... A race, but they request that or guidelines suggest that you do it two weeks out if it's an injection, that kind of thing, and even if it's not, if it's an ointment, you need to be looking at the label and what's in it. And um, you know, clearly, um, there was a violation here, and I I really can't foresee a situation where he is not disqualified. And that drug, by the way, is is not allowed on race day in part because. You know, the vets are in charge, the regulatory vets, of inspecting horses, making sure they're sound, making sure that they uh, are are not in any way, you know, lame before a race, that they're not at risk when they run. And the whole idea is to not have any of these kind of anti-inflammatory, um, you know, drugs in a horse's system. So um,
1: I think it's going to be really
4: hard for him to not be disqualified uh, from the Kentucky
0: Derby.
1: Well, we'll find out, but hey, I love your three-point shot analysis, and I'm going to steal that for sure. All right, let's move oh, on to be tomorrow. Away, you know, be, uh, our audience is going to be part of those huddled masses looking over your shoulder. And right now, we're looking over your shoulder at two races on Friday, both that are winning your end for the Breeders' Cup. Let, let, let's start with what will be the... the boy both two-year-old races the the uh, the uh, futurity on Saturday and the Alcibiades just overflow fields so there's a chance for anybody to jump up I'm having a hard time separating the, the horses in here I'll just name two and then you can tell me the ones that uh, uh, that you like is uh, I like uh, uh, Juju's map uh, Brad Cox Florent Giroux uh, just ran in a really big field in this maiden race and what i like is that it won with authority at a mile and i've never seen this running line in my life easily statuesque in the stretch have you ever heard those words used before that's pretty strong easily statuesque in the stretch wow yeah,
4: that is yeah, strong. That, that's, that's, that's the that's, chart callers. So I like Juju's uh, map. A chart
1: caller is going to be on board with you on that one, man. I love it. And then you got you got uh, Kenny McPeak, uh, who's going for his sixth win in this race. He'd tie Dwayne Lucas if he did. This horse has been going long every time, except for when he tried to break its maiden and j- did just break its maiden. But with a sensational buyer, he got tried it on, tried the turf didn't work, and then brought him back a huge buyer last time out. Third start's a charm a lot of times. You got McPeak and and Brian Hernandez. They're going to be dangerous. And I think another horse who's not been the distance but sure looks like it could be any kind, and that's Mararea, uh, the lesser-known Brad Cox trainee, uh, a jockey that's really on a roll, Joel Rosario ride, this filly who is geared down in her only lifetime effort. Those are the three that come to the top for me, Byron. Who am I missing? Well, you know
4: what I'm going to mention, and I'm going to have you put the name, because I'm, unfortunately the is escaping me, but Chad Brown's entrance in here that was second uh, in her debut. What is her name, John? I'm, I'm talking on my phone. and not staring at the past performances.
1: Well, there's distinctly possible from his barn. That's bar, distinctly possible.
4: Yes. So she is a daughter of Curlin, who ran a fine second in her debut. And Chad Brown is not a guy that goes for the nice seats when you run in a stakes race. You know, he takes very calculated uh, um, uh, risks, and I like that he's going for it here. You know, I want to recall from years back when he had Good Magic, I believe, you know, he ran Good Magic as a maiden in some of these major stakes, and, of course, he won the, um, the Breeders' Cup Jewel mile. and And, um, you know, I like the confidence he's showing this horse, and it costs a lot of money, and Curlin tended to love running long on the dirt. So I like those encouraging signals coming for that horse.
1: And I will co-sign that horse on this note, that in that debut, uh, that she just missed by a half length, Gerrymander, who won that race, has already come back and won another one. So you're judged by the company you keep. Real quick, because we're down to about two minutes of race, Byron, Uh, the winning you're in for the Breeders' Cup sprint is the Phoenix. Uh, that'll be run on Friday. I believe the oldest stakes race in North America. They used to run it in downtown Lexington special reserve, uh, gets the nod right here. Been given a little bit of a race after a real tough thing. This is just one of those many, many horses that Mike maker claims and turns into a graded stakes winner. I don't know how he does it.
4: He's pretty amazing with it. He is a very talented and skilled train. Of course, we're so used to him doing it with turf horses. And this was kind of the subject of my preview of the race in the Blood Horse. You know, so these two that he's gotten there, and he runs endorsed as well, uh, are kind of a deviation in terms of their dirt sprinters. But same kind of angle applies. Take a high price, optional claim horse out of these races, you know, get them in a system, improve them a bit. And a lot of these old classy horses that run in these optional claimers, they're pretty darn good. And they might have been in stakes at one time or another. So, Um, The one you mentioned, Special Reserve, just missed in a grade one. I'm going to go for a little bit of value. Special Reserve, as well as he ran last time, he looked like the winner, and he just didn't finish it off in the last six. So that said, I think he's the one to beat. But I'm going to try and make his other recent claim endorsed, who he took for $100,000 and came back and ran a fine second. I think a little more steady improvement. Maybe dangerous. This is a horse that uh,
1: actually ran fourth in the Travers,
4: you know, when he was a three year old. So he does have some back class to him.
1: All right. Okay. Those are the two uh, that we looked at that are going to be run on Friday. Now, we're going to move into Saturday. The Breeders Futurity, God, I remember this race back when Secretariat's son Decord won this race. Um, it, it's always been a good one. Uh, I believe Maxfield won this race, and I'm not sure. I think maybe Good Magic won it, too. Need, need Needless to say, my memory, uh, you know, fools me. Uh, I. The, the horses that uh, stand out in here for me, uh, Double Thunder, though I don't know that the rail will be a negative. That's a Todd Pletcher trainee. If you throw out the Saratoga Special, this horse uh, looks pretty good. And then a couple uh, others are worth a look, Rattle and Roll, American Sanctuary, and maybe King Curling. Yeah, it's an interesting race because I think
4: the, the far outside horse showed so much potential. Um, and um, is by Giants Causeway. You'll have to—is uh, it Classic Causeway? Refresh my memory.
1: Yes, it's Classic Causeway. Trained by Byron classic Lynch, and it causeway. comes in, comes into the race with the best buyer off a maiden effort at Saratoga and one with authority. Right, but he's drawn in post thirteen, so he
4: has a lot of speed, and they're going to have to use it. So I think they're going to send him out of there and I think some of the other horses figured to also show speed. So I'm anticipating an above-average pace, and I think that plays the Double Thunder's strength. Uh, he's not especially fast on numbers, but he's seasoned. It looks like the rails should allow him to maybe sit mid-pack, you know, maybe sit a little closer than some of these outside-drawn horses, and he usually comes with a big run, so he would be my choice.
1: All right. Well, thank you very much for speeding the process along. We go now to what I think is one of the hardest races to handicap all week. And I am not 100 percent sure who does the line there right now. But when you make the favorite seven to two, that tells you a little bit something about how deep the field is in the first lady, a grade one carrying four hundred thousand. Yeah, and this is a tough
4: race. It's a uh, you know it's a mile race. You know, and Equa is the favorite, or at least should be the favorite. Um, you know, she's won you know two Grade Ones since brought when she was brought here to America to compete earlier in the year. She won the the uh, the Just Game at Belmont, and then went and stayed and won the the Diana, uh, and so now she's coming back for uh, round three here. Um, very, very good horse. Of course, Chad Brown has won this race four times. He's got three in there, uh, all of whom look pretty good. You know, he had Darave Eve, and, uh, you know, Blowout, and, and uh, Regal Glory, and, and some really talented horses. Um, it, it's a really, really good race. And what's interesting is it's a prep for the Breeders' Cup Billionaire Turf which is a mile and three eighths this year. And this race is a mile. So I don't know. I imagine maybe the winner, whoever wins it will probably take a shot because they get a free roll of the dice. But talk about two totally different games. There aren't too many times you see a prep that's um, three eighths of a mile shorter than the race that it's designed for. So that's kind of unique about this one. I think.
1: See folks, this is why we bring Byron King on the insight that he has. That's something I totally overlooked. And Byron, I thank you, A, for pointing that out, and B, for joining us again here on Winning Ponies. And hopefully, I will see your smiling face in person tomorrow. Well, I would look
4: forward to that, John, as always, buddy, because you uh, you, you
1: make uh, everything more fun, my friend. I'll do my best. I'll bring sunscreen if you're going out to do interviews. But thanks again for being on. I want to thank Amy Owens for kind of setting the menu for us for the entire meet. I want to thank uh, my producer, Josh, and all of our listeners. That's a wrap, ladies and gentlemen. Good luck winning your in weekend at the races.